This week on the show, Etsy continues to face accusations of destroying sellers by withholding their funds, not to mention all the weird tests they seem to be running. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to episode number 211 of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. My name is Ryan and I will be your host. We have got a pretty good helping of reselling news this week and a smattering of what's sold in the back half of the show. My apologies for the show being a day late, but with having just done an episode last Thursday, I figured you could wait an extra day for this one. With that out of the way, let's get right into this reselling news. News updates. So we've been talking about this for probably coming up on a month now, but Etsy has continued to face increasing levels of pressure and accusation of destroying sellers by withholding their funds. It has now reached the point where even the BBC ran an article about this uh, recently. So, uh, and it's headlined exactly that Etsy accused of destroying sellers by withholding money. Uh, this posted uh, late Sunday, early Monday. So they're facing kind of international pressure over this. Online marketplace Etsy has come under fire from sellers for putting 75% of their takings on hold for 45 days. As we'll hear a little bit later in this article, some sellers are facing payment holds of up to 90 days. Hundreds of small businesses recently got an email from Etsy notifying them that it was actioning its quote-unquote reserve system. Ceramic seller Rachel Collier said Etsy was holding 899 pounds of her money, which means she cannot afford to buy materials to keep producing. This is one of the key problems, especially for kind of the artisans, people like me that are selling books. It's probably not that big a deal. But for somebody who needs to buy raw materials to continue to make things to sell, having 75% of your, your money go on hold is really problematic because, of course, of the remaining 25%, Etsy is clawing out all of their fees for the stuff that you've sold. Some sellers are consequently not getting really any money at all with 75% hold. So this is really problematic for some of these folks. Etsy said payment reserves were used to, quote, keep the marketplace safe and cover any potential refunds, which we've talked about a couple of times. That's their kind of go-to thing. Ms. Collier has been selling ceramics on Etsy since 2021. She said she was given only a few hours notice before her money was put on reserve. This is ruining my business. I can't afford to buy any clay or glazes. We might have to move house because I can't pay any bills, she said. Some sellers told the BBC that two reserve periods had been imposed on them consecutively. A seller named Dan sells made-to-order wood furniture on the site and told the BBC he had no idea why his money was being held. He said, Etsy are holding around 7,000 pounds of my money, leaving us to use credit cards and family loans to try to keep our business running and keep food on the table, said the 44-year-old from Buckinghamshire. His partner, Sam, said there's no ability to have the reserve lifted within the 90 days. You must see out the full period. It has destroyed my business. Uh, Joanne, who is another seller, said, I've been selling on Etsy for four years. I woke up to a communication stating that my account has been put on a 90-day period of reserve, whereby they will hold 75% of my sales. Again, they're saying it's 45 days, but here are three sellers in a row that are being put on consecutive 45-day holds, so essentially a 90-day reserve. She said, we have no cases against us. We have performed no, no malpractice in any way, she said. 
adding that her account was not restored to normal even after following the site's guidance on lifting the reserve. The 62-year-old said she would have made 5,000 pounds this month and cannot take out a loan while she waits for the money. Etsy is informing sellers also, as part of our efforts to keep Etsy secure, Etsy support isn't able to give you the specific reason a reserve was placed on your account. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and for me, this one is really, really problematic because you're holding a seller's funds for some alleged crime (laughs) that they have committed against whatever the Etsy policies are, but they won't tell the seller what that policy violation is. So there's almost no way for the seller to correct it because they don't know what they've done wrong. I don't know how you fix that as a seller, short of potentially doing what some of these sellers are doing and just leaving the platform. There's no other way to fix it if Etsy won't tell you what you've done wrong. That to me is probably the most problematic thing not to mention holding 7,000 pounds of somebody's money, but not telling you what you've done wrong so that you can correct it and then have that payment reserve lifted is really, really troublesome. Uh, The seller said, I canceled all my on-reserve orders and put my shop on vacation. I won't trade with them. I can't afford to. And almost as suddenly as the reserve was implemented, it was lifted in her case. She received no explanation for either decision. Sellers are in the process of trying to organize a boycott. The BBC spoke to more than 20 sellers who had similar complaints. One, a disabled seller for whom Etsy is her only source of income, said the company stated it was taking no complaints on the issue. Etsy told her it isn't able to give a specific reason for withholding thousands of pounds of her takings. Many sellers said they wish to remain anonymous for fear of having their shops taken off the platform. The BBC went on to say they have seen complaints about the reserve system from the U.S. and various countries in the EU. If you're having an issue over on Etsy, uh, you're watching on YouTube, let me know in the comments below. If you are listening to the podcast, please reach out to me at galaxycds at gmail.com or over on Instagram at galaxycdsrocks. You can DM me over there and let me know if you've been caught up in this. Uh, Etsy is having a real issue between this and their AI bots that are trying to prevent counterfeiting and fake goods, uh, delisting items or suspending dealers, sellers completely for items that their AI seems to think are problematic. So Etsy is really having some issues right now. To date, I am not caught up in any of that. All my payments have come through just like normal. I've not received any messages about potential holds or reserves. All my listings are good. So in my case, so far, knock wood, all good. But let me know again in the comments down below if you're watching on YouTube, if you have run into this issue. They have continued over at Etsy to run tests and try different things that I guess you got to give them credit for trying some new stuff. But uh, this stuff has met with some pushback. One of the things they tried and are working on, uh, Etsy tests a new local shipping badge to boost sales and promote sustainability. This article is over on eSeller365. And as always, of course, I will link to these in the show notes and the video description down below. Etsy has been currently piloting a new badge in the United States only designed to highlight when an item is available for shipping from a location near the buyer. Now, I did see on a listing of mine today, I did not see a badge, but it did say that it was uh, environmentally friendly because it would ship from a local seller. Well, no kidding. It's in my own house. But but nonetheless, I did not see the badge, but I did see a label that indicated the same thing. 
How the badge works, as part of this testing phase, the local shipping badge will be displayed to U.S.-based buyers located within approximately 300 miles of the shop's shipping origin or those in the same state. The badge serves as a gentle nudge on the listing page, informing potential buyers about the possibility of lower carbon emissions if they choose to purchase that item. Eligibility for that local shipping badge is determined based on two factors. One, reduced shipping distance. Local shipments significantly reduce the overall travel distance from Etsy's global baseline, contributing to a greener shipping process. And two, lower emissions transportation. Items qualifying for the badge are more likely to be shipped through ground services, which are known for their lower emissions compared to alternative transportation methods, like, for instance, Priority Mail, which ships by plane. All of my stuff pretty much ships by media mail, so I would think anything that I have that is within the guidelines of the distance would probably qualify for this badge. Uh, Again, I have not seen it on my listings, but I have seen a little bit of a blurb about it. Again, feel free to let me know in the comments if you have seen this. They say that uh, buyers located further away from a shop will not encounter any messaging that discourages them from making a purchase based on the seller's location. This had been, I'd seen a lot of talk about this on some of the various message boards where sellers were really concerned that something would be showing up on listings that were distant. Etsy, for what it's worth, is assuring sellers that that is not the case. It will only appear on items that qualify that are close to a potential buyer. Apparently, as it said, this has been one of the primary concerns sellers had voiced to the company at the start of the pilot. So again, let me know if you've seen anything like that. Uh, this article on e-commerce bites Etsy seller spot yet another test they worry will drive shoppers away. A seller published the following post about the issue on the Etsy discussion boards on Monday titled first line of title now linked to other products. The post said, I've seen uh, the gazillion posts about descriptions now at the bottom. Mine mysteriously have moved back. I think that test has ended. But here's a new one that happened last night in the app under the picture of your item. The first thing is the price and the second thing is your title. But now the first part of the title is hot linked. And when you click on it, it takes you to a page with the same type of products from numerous sellers. Here we go again. They said Etsy is using our hard work to do the SEO to get people to our listing. And the first thing they do is try to lure someone away. Unbelievable. I can't be the only one. I hope only hope this is another test that miserably fails. Uh, I did go to the thread over on Etsy, and apparently this is only showing up on iPad. It's not showing up on traditional mobile. It's not showing up on phones. I checked it myself on desktop, and I'm not seeing this. So it appears to be a really, really limited test, uh, and I agree with the poster. I hope it fails miserably. (laughs) Uh, I don't want you hot-linking my title that I put great care into creating uh, to link to other people's products that I just, that one is, I don't get, (laughs) uh, let me know if you've seen this. I don't have an iPad. Uh, I'm team Android. If you have an iPad, go check some listings over on Etsy and let me know if this is something that you see. So uh, rough, rough week for the fine folks over at Etsy. Not really a great week (laughs) for eBay. Either they have been charged with multiple unfair labor complaints and a struggle with its first union. TCG union members claim eBay has refused to recognize the union and impeded workers' ability to negotiate a fair contract. This article is over on The Verge. eBay is the latest company to be hit with unfair labor complaints as this year's hot labor summer continues amid strikes, threats of strikes, and workers all over the country organizing for better working conditions. 
The complaints were filed on behalf of workers at TCG Player, a company eBay acquired back in 2022 that's known for selling an authentic trading, authenticating trading cards from games like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, and Magic the Gathering. We talked about this acquisition back when it took place. The complaints allege that after the workers at TCG Player won their union election back in March, management of eBay and TCG Player have refused to acknowledge the union and engaged in tactics designed to impede or delay workers' ability to negotiate for a fair contract. Back in March, the majority of my coworkers and I voted in favor of the CWA representing us, said uh, one of the workers... I can't, I don't see his name here. Brianna Thomas, she, sorry. Uh, Since then, Thomas explained that eBay and TCG Player have filed several appeals challenging the election while also refusing to recognize the union amid the appeals process, stymieing the union's ability to negotiate for a fair contract. She went on to say they've refused to give us our rights to status quo, our Weingarten rights. They refuse to recognize us. As a union, they refuse to acknowledge the fact that the union has been certified, even if we present them with a certification, she said. So they're just continuing to make all these changes and refusing to work with us and refusing to follow their legal right to sit down or their legal responsibilities to sit down and bargain with us at the table. In addition to refusing to recognize the union or meet union members at the bargaining table, Thomas said that eBay and TCG Player have tried to further erode union support through intimidation tactics and by retaining Littler Mendelssohn, a notorious anti-union law firm known for its work against organizers at both Starbucks and Apple. You may recall that those uh, individual stores from both of those companies that have tried to unionize have faced really strong opposition from their parent companies. So they go on to highlight a list of specific complaints that they are going to file. The labor movement is particularly strong right now. If you'll remember uh, last week's episode, the special episode I did midweek, UPS just negotiated a new contract with the Teamsters where the Teamsters essentially got everything they wanted (laughs) uh, without having to make any concessions. So this is not likely to end well for eBay. And i Again, I'm a guy in my basement with a podcast with less than 500 listeners. I would think it would be in their best interest to at least sit down and recognize union and have some legitimate conversations while they continue in the appeal process if they feel that there was something wrong with the vote. But again, that's just me. eBay, in better news, did uh, announce a new tool, a powerful new tool tool to help you succeed with eBay Refurbished. If you are part of their new refurbished program, which not everybody can be in, uh, they have a new dashboard providing best-in-class customer services, a cornerstone of the eBay Refurbished program to build trust. At every touchpoint, sellers are required to maintain high performance requirements in a number of areas from returns to items not received. Personalized analytics are key to understanding what you're doing well and where you can improve. We're excited to announce a new seller performance dashboard that puts analytics at your fingertips. Here's how you can fuel your business growth. View key metrics all in one place from, again, items not received to returns and item not as described reports. You can scan your transaction data quickly and assess your performance against our baseline requirements. Resolve customer issues promptly, quickly see whether you're meeting the eBay refurbished program requirements, then take action to improve your performance in critical areas and access and download your reports at any time. Your dashboard lives in your seller hub where you can easily review your reports or download your transactions. We encourage 
sellers of refurbished products to dive in and explore the new dashboard today. If you'd like to know more about the program, they do have a uh, an email link that you can request additional information on how, how to join the eBay refurbished program. So good on them again for uh, bringing forth more reporting and more availability of the metrics that they want you hit to hit kind of in the exact opposite case at this point of what is Etsy is doing with their reserves. They're showcasing for you on this dashboard and in these reports areas where you're having a problem that could cause you to lose your ability to be part of the program, whereas Etsy is refusing to even tell you what you're doing wrong. (laughs) Ah, goodness. Uh, Bonanza uh, announced last week that they're going to redesign their homepage in a bid to boost sales. I talked about this a while ago. I had fairly consistently been selling four, five, six, maybe eight items a month over on Bonanza. And then I went about, gosh, 45, maybe 60 days without a single sale over on Bonanza. I've since generated a couple of things, but they recognize that they are not, despite their integration with Google Shopping and whatnot, they're just not generating the business that their new owner would like. So they are going to redesign their homepage as part of its commitment to enhance the buyer experience, showcase a wide inventory, and encourage purchases, according to a spokesperson. The online uh, marketplace also plans to update category pages. Bonanza announced these these changes to sellers last Monday. With intuitive call-to-action buttons, improved product displays, and a seamless checkout process, buyers will find it easier than ever to complete their transactions. This focus on increasing conversions will benefit both sellers and buyers alike. The new page, they note, will continue to feature the handpick lists, which are one of the big features of Bonanza. I think personally, and again, this is just me talking. I, nobody knows what Bonanza is. Buyers have no clue. If you search Bonanza, it is not what just put in Bonanza into Google. It is not one of the top things that comes up. At least it wasn't the last time I checked. They need to fix that. They need to find some way. They need to spend the money on the Google ads that when somebody searches for eBay or Mercari or Etsy, that they're paying to have a sponsored ad for Bonanza that appears at the top of the page, or they're just, in in my opinion, not ever going to get significantly more traction, no matter what they do (laughs) with their homepage. So that is the reselling news update for this week. And now it's time for a little bit of what's sold. Fairly interesting week of uh, mostly books. I think it may all be books actually this week. So uh, I notice uh, (laughs) in my metrics that uh, I have a huge drop off at about the halfway point of all my shows. So a lot of you folks are watching the news and then jetting on to the next video, which is totally fine. I appreciate that you came here at all and got caught up on the reselling news. But this What Sold segment is not uh, particularly highly watched. But for those of you who do, want to know what's selling here and see maybe some books that you should be looking for, I'm going to continue to do them. (laughs) Uh, The first one for today, The Death of Elvis, What Really Happened by Charles C. Thompson and James P. Cole. This was a hardcover with its dust jacket. I picked this up at an estate sale just a couple of weeks ago for $2. I had it listed for $24.99 or best offer. It got a watcher. I sent out my standard 15% off offer and sold it for $21.24 with media mail shipping. 
over on Etsy, The Sins of the Father by Thomas Dixon. This is from 1912. It was published by Grosset and Dunlap. It's an illustrated hardcover. Uh, this was part of the big 15,000 book lot, so I'm not into this for very much. Four cents, give or take. It sold for $21.99 plus media mail shipping. Back over to eBay. This was a book I picked up for $3 at a uh, an estate sale just last week. Great Art Glass Lamps, Tiffany, Duffner, and Kimberly, Pearpoint, and Handle by, uh, I believe it was Martin May. This was a really, I'm not an artsy guy, but this was a really beautiful book full of all of these kind of stained glass lamps. Really great, like full page. This is a big book. This is like an eight and a half by 11 book full of just terrific photos of all of these rare and unusual Tiffany and whatnot art glass lamps. Really neat piece. If this book had its dust jacket, it's probably worth 40 to $45 all day. Mine did not. So I went a little bit low, $26.99 plus media mail shipping and sold it within a couple of days. This was an interesting one. I was at an estate sale and I picked up a whole bunch of uh, kind of religious paraphernalia, booklets and Bibles and all kinds of stuff. This was from 1916, The Singers and Their Songs, Sketches of Living Gospel Hymn Writers from 1916. It was a probably a five by seven little booklet, staple bound in actually pretty good shape for something that's well over 100 years old. I didn't really know what to do with this. There were reprints of it available that were selling anywhere from probably 15 to about $22. I didn't find any solds or any comps on this thing. An original from 1916. I probably should have gone a little higher. I listed it for $29.99 or best offer plus media mail shipping. And again, sold it within about 24 hours for full price. I own it for $1. Uh, another old book from the big book lot. Uh, Gotha's Herman and Dorothea. First edition from the Roberts Brothers. This was a hardcover with illustrations from way, way back in 1870. It was actually in really, really nice condition for a book of that age. I had it listed for $39.99 plus media mail shipping. It also got a watcher and my 15% off offer went out and it sold for $33.99 plus that media mail shipping. This is a book I picked up at an estate sale. I have a bunch of old legal books that I have listed some of them have done reasonably well, and some of them are just taking up shelf space. This is one that I picked up at an estate sale for, I think, $4. Vernon's Texas Civil and Criminal Statutes, the 1922 Supplement, Volume 1, Articles 1 through 4704, to be very specific. It's a hardcover. It was a pretty big book. Again, I picked it up for about $4. I had it listed for $34.99 plus media mail shipping, which, due to the weight, was almost $8. A uh, very big book, sold and on its way. Back over to Etsy. This was a really interesting piece. I talked a couple of months ago about a bunch of engineering books that I had picked up at an estate sale for a dollar. This is another one. Uh, Aerodynamic Design of Axial Flow Compressors. This was a NASA publication from 1965. It was a revised edition illustrated. Their part number was SP36 for those of you keeping score at home. <laughs> uh, it was in pretty rough shape. The cover had actually completely separated the the spine 
was completely missing. It was a big, like, paperback book. Again, eight and a half by 11 size. There was nothing on the spine. The cover had completely detached. But it was such an unusual piece that I took a chance on it. I only own it for a dollar. Frankly, I almost didn't list it on Etsy because I haven't had, like, super great success with really deeply scientific like technical manuals over on Etsy, but I decided to throw this on there and ultimately that's where it sold. Again, I bought it for a dollar. It sold for $39.99 plus media mail shipping. I have had this thing for the longest time and I thought it was going to be fantastic. As it turned out, it was just very good. <laughs> uh, Magic from the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. This was a paperback booklet that was published back in 1970. I picked it up for 50 cents at a garage sale probably a year and a half ago, and I aimed pretty high on it. I had it listed for $74.99 or best offer. It has actually been purchased two times previously, and the buyers did not pay. So eBay, if you're listening, that's still a problem <laughs> that you have. Uh, they claim they are working on it, but they're going to have everything be immediate payment requirement required but that has not happened fully yet and this is an instance where twice i have lost sales on this thing because buyers did not pay i finally found one that did it was in my uh, current 30 percent off sale so it was listed for 52.49 plus media mail shipping it got a watcher i sent out again a 15 percent off offer and sold it for 47.24 which from 50 cents or whatever is not too hateful i'll take it but 74.99 absolutely would have been a lot more fun uh, it had of the two times it sold once it sold for fifty nine ninety nine and the other time it sold for full price. So it was momentarily more fun, <laughs> uh, but ultimately was just a, a, a very good sale. Uh, another book from an estate sale. I, I picked up a big lot of books for about a dollar a piece. Anybody can do it. A sheepdog training manual by Pope Robertson. It's an illustrated hardcover from 1979. I would not have anticipated when I picked this up at the sale that it was going to be worth a whole bunch of money, but I always, when I find an unusual book, something that I've never seen or never seen anything like, I will look for some comps. The comps were pretty good on this, and there were not a lot of them out there, so I picked it up. I paid a dollar for it. Uh, had it listed for $54.99 plus media mail shipping. I received an offer of $49 plus media mail shipping, and I went ahead and took it. And last, your flip of the week, I picked this up at an estate sale, gosh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was a really kind of a funny situation. So I'm in the basement of the sale. I just walked down to the bottom of the steps, and I heard two guys talking around the corner, and one of them said something about, oh, I, I'd, I'd buy that dictionary, blah, 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 and they kind of faded out as they walked away, and I'm like, oh, there must be an old dictionary over there. So I walked over there and found this absolutely <laughs> ginormous dictionary from 1936 the webster's new international dictionary second edition unabridged this thing was literally six and a half inches thick it is probably the biggest single book i have ever purchased not by dollar volume but by just sheer size and weight it was a massive massive book Everything at this at this sale was really overpriced. I was concerned that this was not going to be something that I I was going to be able to buy, but there was no price on it. So I took it up to the desk and I said, "Hey, what do you what do you want for this dictionary?" I'd already looked it up and I knew comps ran anywhere from fifty to about a hundred dollars. She said, "How about ten bucks?" And I'm like, "You know what? I'm going to go ahead and do that for ten dollars. I'll take a chance on it." 
I listed it kind of at the high end of the spectrum, despite the fact that the first 30 odd pages did have some damage, which I disclosed, of course, in the listing. I listed it for $89.99 plus media mail shipping. I received an offer for $62. Normally, I don't set that big of a gap between my listing price and my lowest acceptable best offer. But because of the kind of the widely varying condition I had seen on these and the various prices, I, I was a little bit more flexible on this. Again, from $10, I would have loved to have made the full pop at 90 but 62 bucks seemed like a pretty good deal. It essentially paid for that day's worth of purchases all by itself. So uh, old Webster's Dictionaries, I will caution you, they are not all worth great money. I see them out all the time, and a lot of them are just not worth more than a few bucks. But every now and then, I'll stumble on one like this that's worth pretty decent money. If you see one, it might be worth looking up. You'll eventually probably figure out which ones you need to bother looking up and which ones you can just avoid altogether. Uh, but this was definitely a good one. 62 bucks out of $10 investment for the Webster's New International Dictionary, unabridged from 1936. And that, my friends, is all I've got for you today. Uh, if you got something out of this, if you would do me a favor, and if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. If you're not currently a subscriber to the show on YouTube, we're inching our way towards 1,000. I was at 920, I believe, today. Uh, if you're not currently subscribed, please consider doing that. I know from my metrics, again, that about 55 to 60% of every episode is watched by people who are not subscribers. So come on and join the Galaxian family. If you got this far, help me out. <laughs> uh, if you're a listener to the podcast, feel free to subscribe. My my numbers on Spotify in particular continue to climb, so I'm really happy with that. So thank you again, as always, to all of you who choose to spend a little bit of your week listening to me ramble on with the reselling news and uh, some interesting sales. With that, my friends, it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.